Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we began looking at a talk given by a BYU professor by the name of Brad Wilcox. It was a talk entitled, His Grace is Sufficient. And yesterday, we gave you the introduction here, how Mr. Wilcox was talking about a BYU student who came to him and asked if she could talk with him. And she was saying how she just didn't understand grace. She understood basically what She felt the Mormon church had required of her, but she knew in her heart that she wasn't really living up to it. So Mr. Wilcox is supposed to give his explanation, we assume, that's supposed to put her at ease. And so he he mentions, or excuse me, she's mentioning to him how she knows the things that she should be doing, but that she shouldn't be doing. And so We went back to see what a BYU professor by the name of Stephen Robinson had to say on some of the concerns that she has, because she talks about, I know I'm supposed to do my best and Jesus does the rest. That's a phrase that really goes back to Stephen Robinson and his book titled Believing Christ. Anyway, we go on in this scenario to kind of give you a little bit of a background of some of the reasons why that we think this young lady is struggling. And it's Robinson also who uh, talks about easy grace. And as we mentioned yesterday, it sounds like he is taking this idea from a phrase by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the Lutheran theologian who was killed uh, at the end of World War II. But it's, it's not a, an exact comparison. We want to make that very clear because Bonhoeffer always drove people back to the cross, although he firmly believed that if you had a real faith, that there would be obedience in your life, that you would listen to what the commandments had to say. You weren't just a professing Christian, you were a possessing Christian. And Robinson has this statement here in this parable of the bicycle. Uh, Well, first of all, we've got to remember that perfection is the goal, a real goal, and we should be working for it with all our best efforts. We just need to remember at the same time that salvation is not hanging in the balance. But is that really true in, in the context of Mormonism? What did Spencer Kimball have to say about this? Well, he said in pages 208 and 209, he says, Eternal life hangs in the balance. A miracle of forgiveness. Yes, eternal life hangs in the balance awaiting the works of men. That seems to be a contradiction to what uh, Robinson is saying. And he goes on and says, This progress toward eternal life is a matter of achieving perfection. Living all the commandments guarantees total forgiveness of sins and assures one of exaltation through that perfection which comes by complying with the formula the Lord gave us. In his Sermon on the Mount, he made the command to all men, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Matthew 5.48 Being perfect means to triumph over sin. This is a mandate from the Lord. He is just and wise and kind. He would never require anything from his children, which was not for their benefit and which was not attainable. Perfection, therefore, is an achievable goal. How many times do we have Matthew 5.48 quoted to us, Bill? 
Well, here's what's interesting. As we go along in this very sermon that Mr. Wilcox is giving, he's going to cite Matthew 5.48. But he doesn't quite cite it the same way. He puts a little bit of a spin on it to hopefully, I think, make you feel better. But I think what we find with, with Kimball is he's making it very clear that if you want to have eternal life, and you want to have the assurance that you have eternal life, you must be living all the commandments. That's how you know you have eternal life. If you are not living all the commandments, then you cannot have the assurance of that eternal life that you're seeking. So what Mr. Robinson was saying in his, in his book is not exactly what Spencer Kimball was saying. So we're having a, a miscommunication here. We're having some confusion here. You wonder why some of these BYU students are, are, are confused about what's required of them. You wonder why the average Latter-day Saint is confused as to what is required of them. They're hearing BYU professors saying one thing, and then they go to general conference, and they're hearing a completely different message that, of course, is much more strict, much more difficult, much harder. It's almost like the BYU professors, they know what's being said, and they know themselves that they are probably not living up to what these requirements are. But he makes it very clear that when it comes to the question, how many works are necessary, how many commandments must a person keep in order to achieve this eternal life that they seek in the celestial kingdom? All of them. All of them. And as we talked about last week, about covenants that Mormons make, this falls right into line with that concept. Here's what Joseph Fielding Smith, 10th president, said in A Doctrines of Salvation, Volume 2, page 41. Those who gain exaltation in the celestial kingdom are those who are members of the church of the firstborn. In other words, those who keep all the commandments of the Lord, there will be many who are members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who shall never become members of the church of the firstborn. And wouldn't you say that this young lady probably thought she was one of those that Joseph Fielding Smith was talking about? She's worried about this. I don't blame her. I, I don't blame her for having these concerns. We go back to the phrase, and we're going to repeat it a lot. She knows what's required of her, but she knows she cannot live up to those standards. It, I don't get the impression she's trying to skirt her responsibilities. She just understands her human limitations. Let me keep reading with Stephen Robinson's uh, I Believe in Christ. This is page 102. Here's what he said. I believe the same principle can be applied to the seemingly heavy demands of the church. One purpose of the church is to perfect the saints. Since we make the most progress by working at the limits of our abilities, then no matter how much we do or how well we do it, the Lord, like the spotter in the gym, will always ask for more, will always seek improvement, will always push us toward perfection. Since our very real goal is perfection, the demands of the spotter can be turned up to infinity and will exceed the abilities of any individual. We just need to remember that our salvation is not hanging in the balance, for that issue is already settled if we are keeping our covenants. Whoa, stop there. It's a little different. If we are <laughs> keeping our covenants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, what are those covenants? There's a covenant that a Mormon makes when they join the Mormon church, a baptismal covenant. There's the sacramental covenant that they take every week when they partake of the sacrament. And there's also the covenants they take in the temple. And what do they all include? 
keeping the commandments. Not some of them. They promise and vow to covenant to keep all of the commandments. That's what the July 2012 edition of the Ensign Magazine said we talked about last week. Covenants are most important promises. Very clearly through all of those. It's interesting that Robinson says the seemingly heavy demands of the church, yet Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. We, as Christians, rest in his grace that is freely provided to us in the forgiveness of sins. We rest in that forgiveness. We know that they are already taken care of. The young lady in this story that Brad Wilcox is telling obviously does not experience that. That's the problem. She's not unusual in the context of Mormonism. Many Mormons feel what she is going through. Let me quickly go on. Bruce McConkie, in a talk he gave, The Dead Who Die in the Lord, this is in the Ensign Magazine, November 1976, page 106. What did he say? He says, There is no equivocation, no doubt, no uncertainty in our minds. Those who have been true and faithful in this life will not fall by the wayside in the life to come. If they keep their covenants here and now and depart this life firm and true in the testimony of our blessed Lord, they shall come forth with an inheritance of eternal life. So the condition is, according to McConkie, if you are keeping your covenants now, you can hope to have that inheritance of eternal life later. Is that any different than what that July issue of the Ensign Magazine is saying? It's not at all different. So when you have some of these professing Christians who think Mormonism is changing, you might want them to read the July issue of the Ensign Magazine, and you will find that it is in complete agreement with what Mormon leaders have been saying all along. There is nothing new here, folks. Or go back to the conference edition from uh, last November, November 2011 in the Ensign Magazine, page 39, where Apostle D. Todd Christofferson said, for our turn into the Lord to be complete, it must include nothing less than a covenant of obedience to him. And, and in that talk, he actually talks about the baptismal covenant, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he does, right after that. I mean, right after that, yep. he, sa- he says towards the end, without this covenant, repentance remains incomplete and the remission of sins unattained. That's her struggle. That's exactly right. She knows what's required of her. She's been forced to make this promise, but yet in actuality, in her real life, She struggles to meet that goal. Now, I don't think, Bill, she's the only one out there who's struggling in such a way. I bet there, uh, for every uh, Latter-day Saint you know, there's probably another one somewhere who is just uh, struggling with this internally, trying to determine this. Am I doing everything I need to do? The church is telling me twice a year they get up at conference and they do kick-in-the-tail speeches, uh, do do your best and do better. And, and it's just, it's a hard thing because you can't achieve what the church is telling you to achieve. How can you rest in that kind of instruction? And I, and I think folks need to understand again that we're not trying to downplay the significance of living holy lives. That's a, a common stereotype that many Latter-day Saints have for those of us who rest in the grace of God. But that's certainly not what we believe. That's certainly not what the New Testament teaches. We certainly do believe we should be living lives that glorify God, but we don't think by our personal performance that that makes us right with God. And that's where the Mormon church, like many false religions out in the world, 
they make a huge mistake. They are saying you've got to do this now in order to get this later. And as Christians, we believe the work was already done on the cross at Calvary. It was finished. Now, he uses the phrase here. They talk about it being finished, but we don't see it quite in the same terms. There's always more to do. Yeah, it's finished, but there's always more to do. And this is going to come out. And that's why this young lady finds herself in this dilemma. It's that extra that she's supposed to be doing that she knows she can't accomplish, which is causing her this anxiety and not knowing where she's going to go when she dies. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. Have you ever wondered where you can go in Utah to look at the largest inventory of Christian books addressing the Mormon religion? Well, the answer is the Utah Lighthouse Bookstore in Salt Lake City, located at 1358 South and West Temple, just across the street from Spring Mobile Ballpark. Sandra Tanner and her staff will assist you in finding a resource that will help meet your study needs. Now, the store also carries dozens of books that she and her husband, Gerald, have written over the past five decades. This includes Mormonism, Shadow, or Reality. And if you have questions, there is always someone behind the desk who would be happy to speak with you. If you want to go deeper into any issue related to Mormonism, we invite you to visit the Utah Lighthouse Bookstore, open Mondays through Fridays, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Saturdays from 1 to 5. The Utah Lighthouse Bookstore, once again located right there at 1358 South and West Temple. We look forward to seeing you soon.